Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Coventry Sphinx podcast. I'm Chris Nee, and in this episode I'll be talking to Sean Thomas, one of our joint managers. Sphinx have played a couple of games since the easing of lockdown, friendlies against Coventry Rangers and FC Stratford, but we're by no means back to normal. So I wanted to focus not on the matches themselves, but on the challenges faced by Sean and by John Woodward as non-league managers navigating a spring and summer like no other. So here's me, with Sean, after our latest friendly. I'm delighted to be joined by Sean after four long months as we emerge slowly after lockdown. And although we've been playing some friendlies, I want to look under the bonnet a little bit. How much contact have you and John had with the players during the lockdown phase? Very similar to the first lockdown, actually, where um, there's a little bit of a flurry of, of contact that goes into the first few weeks because um, you, you, you're still in that sort of rhythm and routine of talking football, thinking football. It then died off for a little bit. And um, yeah, we're waiting on government um, updates. And I think over the last maybe four four to five weeks that starts to ramp up a little bit more but trying not to what we did the first time around uh, uh, we tried to avoid it this time is just to try and get too much wrapped up into we must keep in contact we must keep in contact and just try and keep it as natural as possible really so the players keep in contact more often than than what we do and we just have a little bit of a light touch every uh, couple of weeks what form does that take are you just getting in contact on whatsapp are you having you know zoom chats as the rest of the world has been having um, really honestly Chris what I tried to do uh, and maybe in February time is on my way home from work I was trying to catch maybe two or three people each time seeing how they are making sure that um, it's a genuine offer if they do need anything um, as a football team we want to try and make sure that they're not only alright as a player but alright individually as, as well yeah so individual chats and then um, just a very um, generic WhatsApp updates, really. I know some managers in the professional game have been able to use the first lockdown in particular to go back to the drawing board tactically, but as well as their coaching development. We've spoken a bit about the difficulties in working on tactics in a semi-professional environment and an amateur environment below us as well. Have you been able to take a step back? Yes. So I, I genuinely, truly believe in uh, constant learning. So football isn't my day job. I try to apply some things that I learn in my, in my day job to football, um, such as leadership and how to create teams and things like that. So I've been thinking about that a lot. I tried to get away and do some talent ID, some scouting qualifications, just to keep myself ticking over because football really is, is, is my main passion. So it's difficult to see yourself as a coach. But then um, the definition of the coach can be quite varied. So in general, at the moment, what we've been doing is trying to manage a group of people to make sure that when we do start again in August, we're at our, our very best. Have you been in contact with other managers during the winter? I have, but um, only very recently. So we have little updates. We've had a couple of approaches for our players and the lads that have, the managers that have um, made those approaches have done it the right way and just contacted us and, and vice versa, really. So we, again, yeah, I'll try in a weird way, and I'm going to say this, I don't know if it will sound right, but I try and stay away from football when I'm not involved in it. So I love non-league, um, but I try and not get caught up on in social media with my opinion of football and things like that, because I just think it's a, a pretty futile futile exercise really so lockdown for me was more about just um, enjoying time with family a bit of personal development and feeling refreshed actually how much time have you had with the players since you've been allowed to return to training uh one sorry two training sessions two hours in total plus the two games and that's it so the rationale the remit of of those two games was to have an end point to the season we've lost two seasons to the lockdowns and coronavirus so we just wanted to catch up as a group and the football comes comes secondary to that almost um so yeah so we've had a couple of, we've done a fortnight and that's just it's a bit of a strange question for strange times but to what extent do you at the moment know who your players are good question i, I sit here comfortably thinking i know who who has finished a season with us what might happen over the next six weeks uh to two months might change that we have 
and a lot of clubs will face it and it's it's just a, a sliding scale of big fish little fish in in football so we've had really positive performances by some of our lads and that means that they attract interest so we are already planning for the worst case scenario but also we're trying our utmost to keep those players and um, add some quality to the squad as well how much are you as a coaching team thinking towards next season now that's where the the vision will be but is there much planning going on in terms yeah. of being ready for august yeah absolutely Chris. so i think even because we knew we weren't coming back to the season everything turns around to to august and you try try not to get caught up in the whole uh, merry-go-round of non-league but it happens it's happening now it will continue to ramp up over the next few months. But yeah, all our focus is for that August the 7th at the moment. We've played those couple of games. We've played Coventry Rangers and, and FC Stratford. Last week was a bit of a different kettle of fish. We were quite warm. First game back for everybody. And I think you could tell. But we've got a decent relationship with, with the Rangers set up and, and we've played them a couple of times now since they've, they've been formed. And then we played the first home post-season friendly or whatever they're called today. Um, mixed results. But do you feel like you get what you want out of those friendlies because they're, they're not even pre-season friendlies these games they, they serve a very different purpose we did so everything's just an opportunity for yeah just an opportunity for lads to get together so that's generally the outset so we don't get caught up on the results necessarily so this isn't me sitting here saying in pre-season that winning is the be all and end all it, it wasn't it was about if you go outside now there's 20 lads out there having a beer we're going to say goodbye to each other for a couple of weeks um nothing more dramatic than that but it was just that touch base and seeing people for the first time after a lockdown the results, so going into it, the lads that have been playing, so we tried to say to the lads upstairs that when you pull on a Sphinx shirt, you've got to be a good player, you've got to be a good player mentally, physically, technically. And some of the results have been mixed, actually, and some of the performances have been mixed. And all it does is sort of guide you towards your decisions when you get towards August. And that's all it is. It's a little bit of an exercise of understanding under what circumstances do certain players play well, what circumstances do or positions do certain players not adapt to, where are strengths and where are our areas for development it's been a particularly difficult time for young lads and I think I forget that as a bloke in my 30s that you know we have our own challenges but actually there's a bit of youth being lost here as well so we've had a lot of players in our first team squad from our youth team over the last couple of seasons you've given playing time over the last couple of games to uh, Jamie Draper Harvey Billings Zach Tallinn Jude O'Connor Harry Wilson Cameron Welsh Cam Welsh came on today all of them featured before lockdown as well should we expect to see those players developing in the Sphinx side next season, but also any others coming through from the youth team. Is that something you still want to be part of the plan? Yeah, yeah. So we've got mobility to add into that. So when you look at it, it is, I would say, a really unique situation where we've got, and, and to be fair, there's lads in the youth team as well who we haven't used, who are still very good players. So we've got a really unique situation where you've got maybe seven or eight lads who you could genuinely hand on heart say I've got the ability to play consistently for, for the Sphinx first team next year as the managers you've got to really understand and use your experience of the league to know that the league is a slog and if you throw all those lads in at the same time they could find it tougher than what they might think they've got the the innocence of youth at the minute where they've got all the confidence in the world but when it starts to go wrong it's where do you draw on that experience of when it starts to go wrong how do you stop a, a little bit of a, a losing streak or something like that so we've said to all the lads and it's an, a genuine statement to all of the lads that we want everyone back here pre-season and if you're good enough you'll play you know regardless of age but what you will do is we'll guide you along the way if you are an 18 year old playing your first full year of senior football you can't expect it to go perfect all of the time and so, so yes we expect them all to be back in pre-season um, and I'm sure a lot of them will feature heavily next year. We happen to have played a lot of the lads who were first year 
youth players as well. So a lot of them still got youth football as part of their, their development at the moment. What difference in expectation do you have now of the players who are still playing in the youth team this season, but know that they won't be? It's really difficult. So they're in that transition where they are used to being the strongest, the quickest the most technical, on the ball, technically minded players in the, at their level, and they're a good setup in um, the Midlands sort of youth, youth system. They would have, I think, would have won that Premier League last year or this year, I should say, if it wasn't curtailed. What they then do is you step up into a, 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 a remit, and I always tell this story. So Jamie Draper went and played for GMP last year, and he come up against Kyle Perry, who was playing for Studley, and also Harvey Smith, who was who's playing for us today. Kyle Perry has played in the Conference, Conference North, and he went to Kettering after that. And Jamie says to me like yeah he was a, it, that was a big old battle he won't remember me but I'll remember him and I, so I'll say to Jamie that well in 10 years time you're going to be that big centre half playing against some of the young whippersnapper coming through and then you stamp your mark because you would have had that experience and sort of um, open up the eyes of what men's football can be so yeah so the expectation on them boys and we spoke to them individually is that they come back in pre-season they don't come back unfit to get fit they come back fit to get match fit and they just grow into their bodies a little bit and that happens naturally you can't force yourself to turn into a man over pre-season don't get me wrong but just to start developing that man strength that man uh, fitness and their body can withstand to men's football i guess you've mentioned them already before the lockdown we added to our smith collection Brought in Harvey and never really got a chance to have a proper look at him. We have now started to have a quick look at him. What can you tell us about him? Really, really good lad. Really um, uh, down to earth, sort of like um, proper Brummy accent on him. Um, he is quite an athletic, lives on the seat of his pants sort of striker where he's only ever a tackle away from either giving a foul away or winning a tackle. We're quite excited by him in that he's raw and he adds a diff- bit of a different dimension. And we're, as I said, the, the future planning for our team is he's a young lad who wants to play as high as he can. And whether or not that's with the Sphinx, well, we're a, we're a stepping stone in terms of his development. And that's to be seen. But we're, we're hoping that we get good lads here who propel us up the league and then we have a, a fight on our hands to keep them the next season. We've had a few players who are working quite rightly because, to be clear, no one's getting paid at the moment. Have you had conversations with them about their sort of return to football and return to fitness as well and their expectations? Yeah, um, and I think that's what the the opportunities to lads that came about today is because we had eight lads who, for all eight nine lads actually, if you include a couple of others who are doing some bits of, bits outside of working, um, who are frontline first team players, and to be successful, you need to switch on to football again. And what we said to them is that look, we're realistic. We're a football team at step five who are understanding of players and families and things like that if you've got work on a Saturday because we've just come out of lockdown you go to work and you earn your money because people have to pay the bills um, the expectation though is when we come to the season is that you you get your expenses but also you commit to that football fully because no one wants to be mediocre what does the calendar look like for now are we done with friendlies for the rest of this season and then we have a normal break a normal pre-season then normal friendlies I guess yes so we're done now so we were in theory we've got a game next week but um, because of we've got the youth team playing Friday night we've got significant unavailability we've had Harvey Billing pull up with a car strain today we've got a couple of other walking wounded even though we're carrying a squad of about 22 it would look like we'd have about eight people so me and John don't want to put our boots on so we're going to call it a day I think we're going to rest up for maybe five to six weeks and come back in the first to second week of June that gives you about 50 to 55 days before we hit the first game come back twice a week with some friendlies thrown in good quality friendlies that build up to so you match ready and yeah so it'll be somewhat sometime second week in June have you got an eye on those friendlies already 
yeah, so the only friend who got booked in at the moment is we've got uh, Bedworth on July the 31st, um, and that's just continuing a little bit of a tradition. And then we have got, um, yeah, some, some others in the pipeline. We're going to try and, I think as a club, without sounding like we're um, anything better than what we are, we always commit to doing a couple of local friendlies to try and promote the um, local teams to give them the opportunity to come and play and give themselves a shot at an established side in the city and then we'll go out and look to test ourselves away from home um, because there's, I don't know if you know, but quite a lot of groundwork going on. So I think we're going to be away from home a lot of the time. I don't expect you to specify them, but are there particular areas of the team that you think need strengthening over the summer? I'll be really honest with you, Chris, that yes, um, I think we need, in key areas, I think we needed a bit more diversity so when you look at some of our players they are more matched and they're very similar in their nature so we're looking to add a little bit of a different threat up front we're looking to add a little bit of a more senior lad in central midfield um, to complement the lads that are in there and also depending on what happens with a couple of other lads we might need to replace them so dependent on what they do might then have a knock-on effect but we're certainly looking to add two or three in the central areas we'll finish by looking ahead all the way to august and kicking off let's say the fa cup game what has to happen in the summer for you to go into that game thinking I'm satisfied with the last few months? I think we get our, we get a couple of bodies in the door who are good quality. I think we retain the players that um, we want to retain. I think then we have a, a pre-season where, where we, we are together as a club. We have got to be fit before we arrive. We've got to then use six weeks to get really match fit. So we're not building that fitness during it. So we're still one week away and we're still not sure who our best 11 is, who's fit, who's carrying not. It just needs to run a bit smoother than what it did last year. What I will say, I don't, I don't know how many of the players listen to this, what, what I will say is that we'll be ready um, and also the fans that listen to us, but we'll be ready. We're trying not to get too far caught up in the whole rigmarole of non-league and it can feel like you're missing out, you're not doing the right thing. None of us are experts, we're just trying to do the right thing for our club. So we'll be ready. Players just need to relax and enjoy the enjoy the experience and then come August the 7th, that first game, what a game to come back to because it can, um, it can be disaster, it can be an amazing experience in the first game back. So we shall see. Thanks to Sean for this week's chat. As we've just learned, that's about it for this season. But I'll be trying to chat with some of the people who keep our club moving as we work through a challenging summer. So I'll be back sometime for another episode of the Coventry Swings podcast. See you then.